And then eventually I was like, no, someone, this is no longer a joke. I am in real pain. The paramedics cut right through my pad. And the whole time I was like, don't cut the pad. Don't cut. That's the most expensive thing I owe. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm Davina. And I'm Ricky. And welcome to Fierce Slay Talk. A decamp podcast where we'll be catching up with some familiar faces from the drag world and beyond. Whilst delving deeper into the obstacles life has thrown at them in the journey of becoming fabulous. So shall we begin? Today... Our guest is one of the tastiest artists in US drag and she has the fan base to brew it. This queen brings it all and if just watching her doesn't make you salivate, you can tuck into her famous hamburger merchandise making every self-respecting drag fan lick their lips. Meatball, welcome to Fiercely Talk. Hello! Hello! How are you? Really good. How are you doing? I mean, it's 130 degrees here in Los Angeles, so I'm just trying to make it by. I don't know what that means. Oh, wait. I work oh, in it's Centigrade. very hot. <laughs> <laughs> 72 is room temperature, and we're at like 106. Okay, that's hideous. So yeah, that's horrible. My walls are yeah, hot. Like, that's if I not put good. my hand on the wall, I can like feel the heat. That's minging. I absolutely do I not know. want that at yeah. all. No, that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> How have you been finding lockdown? Um, You know, I'm finally getting bored of dancing in front of a green screen. I really thought I was just talking to someone. I was like, I thought that this was going to be two or three months. I thought, great. I'm going to get a break. I'm going to sit at home. I'm going to, you know, make some more stuff, pull together stuff and have a relaxation. And now it's I don't have nothing to do. I'm so bored. And I can't just keep buying things. (laughs) It's not entertaining anymore. No. And there's also, you know, just the fact of there is no money coming in. But there is all Mm -hmm. this money going out all the time, which is a major problem. I mean, I'm definitely with you in the I've reached that stage where now I am just a little bit over standing in front of a screen with nobody there and singing to your fucking self. Mm-hmm. And then having, no, the worst part is having to watch yourself perform over and over and over again while you're making it. And you're just like, so this is what people used to come and pay to see? Yeah. Just this? <laughs> no, but other than that, I mean, I've been having a wonderful time. Like, I'm not alone. I'm with my boyfriend. So, I mean, we just like adopted a cat because we're oh. bored and stuff. And it's really been a whirlwind. I didn't know that they could poop so much mm. from such a tiny little body. Yeah. And in the middle of the night, she'll just do circles. <laughs> she'll just like run up and down the stairs. She'll go in the living room. She'll come upstairs to the bedroom, shit on the bed, run back downstairs. It's just such a gift, such a treat. Love that for you that she's leaving those precious <laughs> moments for you to find. Little gifts everywhere. <laughs> so what was it that inspired your name? Because it's a very particular choice, isn't it, Meatball? It is, it is. Well, (laughs) the long story that I'm going to make short is that I basically used to be like a wild raging alcoholic when I uh, was in college in New York. And I lived uh, above a pizza shop, basically. 
and they would always have meatball subs. So when we would come home to our apartment at four o'clock in the morning, I would always get a meatball sub. And eventually they were like ready for me. And then when I would see them in the morning, they would call me the meatball guy. And anytime I saw them, anytime, they were like, meatball, meatball, meatball. And so then I started doing drag like years later. And I was telling my friend, I was like, I just don't think that I'm like an Evelyn. Like I'm not a woman's name. I'm not like a, a Jessica St. Clair or like anything like that. Gladys. Gladys. Yeah, exactly. I was like, could you imagine if I walked out with just like... Rebecca Moore or like something just real truly woman and so my friend was like just call yourself meatball it'll work and now I kind of regret it because you can't it's not internet searchable like your name if you type in your name on the internet you'll pop up but if you type in like meatball right you're gonna get get a bunch of IP recipe (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh and Ikea yeah yeah Yeah, you have to put meatball drag queen don't you this is it (laughs) Uh, what what was your first introduction to drags? How did Meatball come about? Because I understand previously you were doing comedy. Yes, I used to do stand-up comedy. And my first introdu- introduction to drag was um, actually a long, long time ago. There was a karaoke night that Bob the Drag Queen used to host in New York back when she used to go by the name Kitten with a Whip. And she... And she used to be a drinker. She used to party. So it was her and Peppermint used to run it. And I'm not sure if Peppermint's always been Peppermint. But they used to do a karaoke night, and me and my friends would go to that. And then eventually I started going to, like, drag clubs. And then when I moved to L.A., I went to Mickey's. And I used to see um, Morgan McMichaels and Raven perform all the time. And then I went through a terrible breakup and was like, I guess I'll watch Drag Race. I think I like drag queens. So I started RuPaul's Drag Race. Like five years ago, it's the first time I saw it and watched every single season up until that point. And I became obsessed with Latrice Royale. Yeah. So then I was like, if she can do it and she can paint <laughs> like big and huge and be gorgeous, I'll do that and I'll go tell jokes. And of course, I was fucking hideous. And I just remember wearing like the biggest golden caftan made out of like spandex so it was just heavy and just walking around clubs thinking that I was gorgeous always in the ugliest caftan (laughs) I love that though (laughs) that's the kind of drag that I love like where it is just a bit scrappy yeah exactly (laughs) that's what drag is though to me it's like something just a bit off here And I, yeah, it was just like, I knew I was never going to be a pretty girl. I was like, I don't have the bone structure for it. And no matter how much people tell you, like, you can be ugly and put on the makeup. I was like, I'm, I'm just a blob. Like, I might as well just see how big this eye could get and like how much makeup I could put on to distract while I just basically run around stage and throw things at people. I mean, perfect. That sounds like <laughs> yeah. my kind of show. I want to come and see. <laughs> Now, I was on the first season of the UK Drag Race, but you were on the first season of Dragula. So for anybody who hasn't seen it or doesn't understand, how would you describe Dragula? Because it is most definitely not Drag Race. No, it is not. (laughs) I, I would describe it, it's like... It is a drag competition, and I would say it's like Drag Race, but the the only thing that they have in common is drag, basically. Um, 
Because it's more, it's less about like the runways and it's more about doing fear factor style challenges. Like my season, we had to eat cow's brain or pig's brains. Um, I got buried alive in this like coffin that had a tube on it and they would dump bugs in it and then they dumped like deer piss in it. So it just smelled really bad and we were, and it was all coming right on our faces. Oh my God. And then they threw like a condom full of pudding on me. (laughs) But it was just like, it's like that. It's just like, if you can do drag, that's great. But can you do drag and also put your body through like rigorous challenges? Like the last season they had to go skydiving and one of the girls was afraid of heights. And one, they put like rods and needles through your arms. Uh, so if you're into ooky spooky, uh, it's for you, baby. I mean, yeah. that sounds like a whole other level of ooky spooky. That doesn't sound like, you know, ooky spooky. That's like, ah, you're going to die, bitch. <laughs> yes, it's basically they're just like the Boulay brothers just want to torment drag queens. <laughs> you know what I mean? And who of us can honestly say that we haven't <laughs> been there ourselves? <laughs> just backstage at a nightclub with a baby queen just like I wish oh, I had perfect. some needles <laughs> oh crikey when you actually went went and did the first season was it what you expected I mean how much did they tell you before they you do this? told me it was such it was so wild they told me literally nothing about it I um had performed, I had only been performing in drag for like a year at the time, maybe just under a year, and they kept booking me for their show. So they asked me one day, they were like, will oh you come God. to the club and talk to us? And I walked in and they were like, um, do you want to do a show? It's going to be on YouTube. Um, it's going to be like drag and spooky and a game show. And I was like, yeah, I love attention. I'll do it. And I signed the paper right there and I signed the NDA and they were like, cool, we'll get back to you later. And then on the first day that we were there, we shot our promo looks and that I like walked in and they were like, okay, are you ready for your picture? And I like went to go pose all cute and they just started throwing shit at me. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like this hamburger started flying at me. I was like, I spent like three or four hours on my makeup and it was just like ruined in the first five minutes. And I was like, this is just a photo shoot. What are you doing to me? So at that point I was like, I don't know what I signed up for, but I'm gonna do it. You know? Oh my yeah. god. So like yeah. that first episode where you're in the Sounds coffin, insane. you had no idea that any of that was going to happen. No, absolutely not. No clue. <laughs> they they for that episode they took us out into the middle of fucking nowhere and they were like, Okay, it's time for the first challenge. And so me and Pinche and Loris were looking at each other and I was like, Well I because our only frame of reference was drag race, I was like, Well, I hope you guys learn the lyric learn the lyrics and I, there was no song, you know? I was just like, I'm ready to dance or perform or whatever and we get back into this yard and there was just three fucking holes in the ground with coffins and they're like, So you're gonna get into these. Oh. And I was like, what are you oh talking about? Oh and they put God. the lid on and it was it. That was it. I mean, I, as soon as they're throwing it's, things at me in the in the first challenge, I'd have been like, and I'm out. Thanks, guys. I don't I, think this is for me. <laughs> have a great time, though. I'm so glad but, that you thought to invite me. I'm so competitive <laughs> that I was like, I guess this is what I have to do. I was also like, they're not going to do anything that's going to actually kill me. I was like, they don't want blood on their hands, yeah. so I'll be fine. But then they stick in pins and needles and shit into you. 
I didn't have to do none of that. <laughs> I, I only, I was only in the bottom once. Thank God. <laughs> I learned after that first one. I was like, it's only going to get worse. Yeah. And then there was one episode where everyone was eating brains. I think I was supposed to eat them, but then they switched me with Vander. Oh, oh no. And um, so I didn't have to. And Vander was eating it. And then when it was done, the boules were like, if any of you other girls would like to try, go ahead. It'll show your whatever to the competition. And everyone went over and like took a piece. And I was like, I'm fine. I don't need to. I didn't have to. I don't want to. And I'm not going to. (laughs) Oh, no. I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't. How has your drag career changed since being on Dracula? Um, Well, I think... um, it, Dra- Dragula was a great like beginner for people to get to know me and see me, and it, I think it, it introduced me to a larger audience. But I I wouldn't give Dragula like the all the credit for what I've become now, like four or five years later. Because if you look, like there's other girls from that season, and I'm sure you can't name a single one of them. But I I feel like because I I know exactly you can't like there's Vander and me, but it's like um. I think a lot has changed because I learned like, oh, I need to work my ass off to garner attention to do this. So that's when I started the podcast. I started really focusing and changing my makeup to actually start looking better. I realized like what I looked like on that wasn't what I wanted to represent anymore. So there's like just a lot of growth that comes from. Yeah, like we I were mean, talking about earlier. Talking like, about oh, look at you. Talking to the queen of ash cloud here. I know I was the wrong color I was completely I was highlighting with white like I was an actual white person I'm half black what is wrong with me (laughs) but I think a lot has changed like I started doing the podcast I started making like YouTube videos and doing a bunch of stuff there was a time right after season one where I did I broke my hip performing at like a comedy club in drag so I like went down broke my hip and the audience thought it was part of a joke. Wow. So I was like screaming help and like oh, crawling no. into the audience, like help me up. And they were just laughing at me, which is the darkest, <laughs> lowest oh, moment of my life. Sorry. And then eventually I was like, no, someone, at- this is no longer a joke. I am in real pain. And they like took me backstage. And the saddest part of that day is when they, they had to cut me out of the costume because I couldn't get my leg to move. Oh. But they cut right through, the paramedics cut right through my pad. And the whole time I was like, don't cut the pad. Don't cut. That's the most expensive thing I owe. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Ah, so you've done the, the live version of Dracula before you did yeah. the show. So how did those two compare? Well, in the live version of Dracula, there's, it's like a three-portioned competition. I've won it twice. And it was, I I forget what it was. One time they just like dumped a bucket of dead fish on me and I had to lip sync with like all these dead fish. So I was like sticking them in my costume, like rubbing them on my body, taking bites out of them. And then you like after, after that challenge, they were like, okay, now here's an acting challenge. And they're just holding up cue cards while you're covered in fish sauce. And they're like, can you act in front of like everybody? It's, you know, the main difference is that on the show, there is no audience. And in a club, if someone's throwing fish at you and people are cheering, you're like, fuck yes, give me more fish. Like, I need this interaction. Oh my God. So I think it was it was a lot harder to to do it on the show than it was with a like, live audience. Yeah. 
I truly like. I feel like I need people yelling at me to do well. Right. Same. <laughs> do you think that would have made a difference for you, Davina? Would you have done? Would you have done the club one? No, fuck right off. Absolutely not. Jesus. No, not in a million <laughs> years. No, my God. I would die. I would, would die. You, yeah, would you ever, like, lick a dead fish? No, I'm vegetarian. Stick it in your pussy? Oh, okay. I'm on the, I'm on the vegan Oh, yeah, mode. oh, yeah, I'm of course. I forgot oh, about I'm that. vegan, oh, so welcome yeah. to the club. Yeah, like, I'm on the way. I'm not drinking cow's milk. It's just cheese at the moment that is scuppering. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like. The cheese is the hardest thing to let go. Cheese and eggs. <gasps> Like I've I've I'm done with eggs. That's it. I'm done. I made that decision the other day. I'm totally done oh, with I that. Oh, I love eggs. But I'm still not ready for cheese, even though I know it's really horrible. And there's some really good vegan cheeses, though. There's some good nut cheeses. Yeah, this is what I need to find. I need to find some decent decent yeah. vegan cheese, and then and then I'm all good then. <laughs> Meatball, there's a story. Um, is it true that Me- uh, Morrissey has been to one of your? Oh shows? no. Is he a fan of yours? <laughs> what happened the, here? Ve- the famous vegan Morrissey. No, I... Uh, Orville Peck is like this famous country artist right now. He just came out. He wears a mask. He's amazing. And he did a show in LA and he asked me and my friend Pinche to host it because he loves drag queens. And his audience is mostly okay. straight. And I don't think that his audience really knows that he's gay, but he's gay. Um, you should go listen to his new song, Legends Never Die. He just did it with Shania Twain. It's so... So good. And Jada Essence Hall is in the music video. No. Um, yes, it's so good. Okay. Um, okay. We'll look it out. out. Uh, so Morrissey was in the audience. Apparently, Courtney Love was there that night, too. Like, all of these famous people were at the Troubadour. And they were. And I was doing my McDonald's mix, which I throw hamburgers into the audience. And so Morrissey is, like, sitting up in the audience. Orville comes. He's like, Morrissey is here. He's, like, a diligent vegan, like militant don't do anything like maybe let's change the number and i was like i'm gonna change the number i don't want to do this like no and like his people were coming to me and orville was like actually fuck it just do it like who cares it's my show i asked you to be here throw the hamburger he's sitting top left and so during the number i was like throwing the hamburgers out and i'm sweating bullets like i'm freaking out because he's known (laughs) for like yelling at people for eating meat and stuff and i just take one of the burgers and like look up to where he is and just whipped it at him straight at him and it like went right past him apparently and everyone was like no he was laughing the whole time so you're safe and i was like thank god oh but i would i was pretty nervous that time i think he might be the most famous person i've performed for but i don't who's the most famous person you perform for the queen (laughs) well i did i sang uh with a choir for tony blair when i was 15 so he's quite famous, but not in like a good yeah. way, is he? He's famous for killing no. innocent people. So that's yeah. not really uh, the best. Who else have I performed? I don't know. It must have been on The Voice, surely. Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. Tom Jones. But he wasn't on it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had Boy George instead, who's quite famous. You know, he's all right. Oh, wow. Will oh, I am was good. on it. That's incredible. Uh, and of course, I, you know, I did another show with Jerry Halliwell. So um, one of the Spice Girls. Just yeah. two redheads. Yeah, exactly. Just two redheads. Oh, I know the Spice Girls. Yes. I don't think that y'all know. I grew up in the UK. I grew up in Buckinghamshire. Did you? Yeah. Right oh, by Ger- Gerard's Cross. Okay. We always called it Jared's Cross, but it's Gerard's Cross, I think. No, I think I think you're right. Jared's Cross. Okay. Oh, Jared's I did Cross. not know that. 
Yeah, I grew up right over there behind that movie theater, baby. Well, there we go. We've all learned something today, haven't we, kids? Every day is a learning experience. So with with the um, the hamburger number, that's not the only time you incorporate food into your performances, is it? No, any chance I can. If it's, we, over here we have a thing called Thanksgiving, <laughs> maybe you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's, it's, uh, I love anytime there's food, so on a Thanksgiving performance, I'll fully like chop up and prepare a roast turkey on stage and like stuff it while it's raw and like pick it up and swing it around. Um, I've done spaghetti. I did a mud wrestling thing where we were like eating pickles and like trying to beat each other with like oversized pickles. You know a lot about that, don't <laughs> you, Diva? Into that. <laughs> <laughs> Show me a gherkin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just feel like, I don't know, food is something that like so many people, I mean, everyone loves food, unless you don't, which is weird. But like, I just think that like, it's something that people can relate to. And if people see food on stage, they immediately are like, this is either going to get messy, mm. this is going to be funny. Like it just breaks the wall down between you yeah. and the audience really quickly. There's something about I love bread. Oh, right. I used to, oh, right. I used to perform as Oprah back in the day. I don't know if you had those commercials where Oprah was like, um, uh, like, I love bread. It was, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It was Weight Watchers. Do you have that over there? Yeah, we have Weight Watchers here. And she yeah. was the Weight Watchers spokesperson, but she was like, I can have bread if it's, uh, a certain amount of points and she like went around talking about how much she loved bread so I dressed up like Oprah and did like seven costume reveals and Oprah did this thing a long time ago where she was like uh, you get a car and you get a car yeah, and you yeah, get yeah. a car and gave out a bunch of free cars so I went to a Home Depot and got a bunch of like old keys and was like throwing keys out at the audience being like <laughs> you get a car you get a car and then it was like time for bread and so I started throwing out bread at the audience and eating it and a uh, that video went online and it was like all over YouTube. And then I got a cease and desist from Oprah and Weight Watchers what to bitch. stop using her audio. What a bitch. Because it was embarrassing <laughs> to her. And then I also used to do an Aunt Jemima number, but I, I think that that's like racially insensitive now. Um, but I would do uh, Bitch Better Have My Money. But it was like, Bitch Better Have My Pancakes. <laughs> And waffles and like <laughs> sausage, and I would just throw again just frisbee waffles oh and pancakes into the audience. And the and the worst part about doing this, and I've been throwing food at people for a long time, is when I watch them pick it up off the floor and eat it, and eat it, ah! and I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that. And they're like, ew, it says on the sticker that you got this at 2 o'clock. It's 12 p.m. And I'm like, I, no one said to eat it. It wasn't. It's a prop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so gross. Oh, my God. I've had the same. I did a number where, do you have Weetabix out in the States? Uh, I think we we just call it shredded wheat here. But, yeah, we okay, have Okay, well, Weetabix are more like a kind of oval shape, like yeah. a flat oval shape like that. Um, and Theresa May had said that the naughtiest thing that she'd ever done was running through a field of wheat. So uh, that was my number, was doing the... Everybody's holding up Weetabix that I've passed out through the number. And then people were fucking eating, like dry Weetabix. 
Oh, oh my it's like God. eating sand. What the hell is going on with Nothing you? Nothing can think of anything worse. <laughs> but, uh, you know, people are hungry, aren't they? They'd rather pay for a yeah, drink I think, than for food. I think, yeah. <laughs> I was like, most people are probably yeah, yeah. so drunk that they just want to consume anything that's yeah. in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. In Manchester, they were probably like, oh, that saves me going to McTuffies yeah. after this. Doesn't <laughs> 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 it? So, um, Meatball, you've been heavily involved in the Black Lives Matter movement recently. Uh, We've had that going on over here. Um, But the protests are on a whole other level in the US. What's been happening? Yes. Um, Well, the protests in LA have been uh, very large and substantial. Uh, there, there hasn't been a lot of police violence in the ones in LA, like in other cities. Uh, the LA police, we had, to the ones that I was going to, um, the government was involved, like they sent in the federal agents to them and there was some like rubber bullets and gas, but that's like, that's all the media is showing over here is just like a lot of violence. But every single one that I went to was extremely peaceful. We followed the rules. We stayed where we were supposed to stay and nothing was going on. I think it's in cities that are um, more Republican led, which is like the bad guys over here uh, where the police violence is getting out of hand. Like Seattle say it's like, they make it seem like the entire city is on fire when truly it's like maybe two blocks like I know a lot of people that live in Seattle who are like I'm going about my day-to-day life like nothing is happening and then two blocks over people are literally getting beaten the fuck up by the police so it's been like a really uh weird time uh and we're really just asking for you know basic human rights and to not be treated like shit all the time because the color of our skin and it's still happening and we've asked for a lot of change and to defund the police because I don't know if you've seen it but like the LAPD has military grade like tanks. Now, in my opinion, there's no reason that a police department needs military equipment, even if it was ex-military and then they bought it. There's no reason for them to use it. And they are taking them out and parading them around. They have like AK-47s, which are guns for war. Like they're meant to shoot off as many bullets as they can in a direction. I don't think we need that for our police officers. There aren't wars on the street here. So it's just it's just a mess. It's all a mess. And the way that they've been doing it, they've really been criminalizing protesters. They're like putting them away and trying to get them felony charges. And in America, if you have a felony, you're not allowed to vote for the president. Like you can't vote. They take that right away from you. So they're giving all these people felony charges so that they will no longer be able to vote in any situation. Um, but luckily, I mean, I just came out with a makeup palette. Like, I've been doing my, my best to promote and stuff, but uh, me and the company Hip Dot agreed that we were going to use a bunch of the proceeds from the makeup to... Uh, we are giving a bunch of the money to protesters so that we can pay for their bail. Amazing. So that they can get out of prison and hopefully oh, wow. not be given felony charges like let's just help the black people out they're out there fighting for people's rights and in times when i can't go out there and fight for people's rights so like why can't we do the most to help these people who are standing up for everybody in america um and i think america is a a real dump right now and i'm just ready to get out (laughs) yeah i mean all i'll say is don't come here because we're in exactly the same situation i've been seeing yeah yeah, we we also have our own blonde moron in 
Adolf yeah. face. Oh, we really do. It's just interesting to me that our president won't acknowledge it when these movements, like the one of the last ones that was in LA had 30,000 people marching in it. Like, and there's people, there's 80,000 marching over in London. There's like these huge numbers all marching for Black Lives yeah. Matter. And our president is acting like it's some sort of terrorist organization. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's happening all yeah. over the world. And yet no one in power wants to do anything to change anything. So it's just going to keep happening. It's not going to end. Yeah. I mean, my hope is, and it, uh, you know, I, I am genuinely very hopeful actually for the future. Most of the young people that I come in contact with are much more empathetic than my generation and the generation before me. You know, so they they do have a consideration for what other people's lives are like. They they are able to think about those things, um, and and that seems to have been something that has really been uh, nurtured. Um, and you know, so when those people start getting into those positions of power, then actually, fingers crossed, we will be able to start seeing meaningful change, you know, rather than just the the, the lip service that we've had paid for the past 60, 100 years. Exactly. And another thing that I don't think people realize is like the racism in America, they don't, they think it ended forever ago. And there's all these black and white pictures and stuff. But like, that was 1950. That is like my grandparents, yeah. not ages you know ago, what I mean. Yeah. Like these people are still in power and they're in office, and we just need to get them out because yeah. they're not going to do anything. So vote, please vote. Go and vote. Uh, so we didn't know about the Buckinghamshire bit, but no. also you lived as a child in Texas. Yes, I grew. Well, my dad was in oil. He worked for a company called BP that I don't think exists anymore. After the spill, Ooh, they do, but they're an Indian company now. Yeah. So. Oh, they oh, went okay. to India. Yeah, I think so. India owns them, don't they? Or am I wrong? Maybe you're right. I don't know. Don't, I mean, don't I don't know. I, they might still be around. But yeah, so we went to like all the oil cities. We were like over there, working, and then we were in Texas for a long time. So I grew up mostly in Texas and in the UK. Yeah, so it must have been what I mean. What was the difference between obviously? Um, you know where uh, where you are now in LA, uh, Buckinghamshire, and of course Texas as a person of color. Well, Texas wasn't great. I'm also adopted, so I have two white parents. So it was also another weird experience, like having to learn race um, just strictly through racism, like just having it flung and thrown at me. So I, when I was 16, I left Texas, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like. I had a great time like every everywhere I grew up my parents were really good about like creating a bubble that was safe for me um but it I'm sure it was very hard on them we've had a conversation about it now where they my mom was like I feel like I failed you because I didn't know how racist places were and she didn't understand what like microaggressions were like when they would ask us to sit in the back of the restaurant because of like the color of my skin or I didn't get to do certain activities or I was treated differently like she didn't know how to deal with it because it never happened to her Mm. so it was just an interesting upbringing but like now I think that I've come into terms with it I'm fine that's just LA is definitely more accepting than Texas is yeah, I can I can definitely imagine that. <laughs> it's a slightly different experience. It's just a oh yeah, it's just, you know, it's you want to when you're you want to escape to somewhere liberal. Like New York 
there's a lot of racism, but it's like there's a lot more co- like people of color uh-huh. that live there. And so I fit in really well there, too. What have you ex because we we talk a lot, particularly in the UK, like one of our MPs has just been uh, racially profiled in a car. Uh, Don Butler. Oh God! And so we. This is something which is really being talked about a lot. And is that something that you've experienced personally? Oh yeah, for sure. When I was um, very young in Texas, uh, just playing around in my neighborhood, police officers would come up to me and be like, uh, "Excuse me, sir, who are you?" I got handcuffed in front of my own house. Because I was like, I was like, why are the police here? Let's all go inside. And they handcuffed me before I could walk into my house because they were like, you don't look like you live in this neighborhood. And I was like, oh, I, I live in this house. And they're like, we'll prove it. Who's here? And like, I had to cry in front of my mom and dad and be like, will you tell him that you're my parents so that I won't? And of course, they're both white. So they wouldn't. It was a it's a mess. I remember the first time I went to the mall alone one time they accused me of stealing and made me like take everything out of my pockets and put it on the floor of the mall. Um, cause they were like, we need to see everything. And then they made me lay down on the floor of the mall and put my hands behind my back. Like just Texas is just a nightmare. Like I just don't ever really want to go back there. Um, I still get racially profiled like to this day if I, cause I live in like uh, a nice white neighborhood. I think I'm the only black person on my street actually. And I'll go to the grocery store and they'll have someone follow me around the grocery store to make sure I'm not stealing. If I go to like a nice fabric store, like anywhere I go and like, it's just the way America is. I could be wearing the nicest outfit and I'll still just get followed around. Now you, we've talked a little bit about it already, but the, the election is coming up very soon. Oh, yes, it is. And, uh, has yes. Sleepy Joe got your vote? Or are you going Trump? Oh, <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Sleepy Joe. I was watching videos of him this morning because I was like, maybe his dentures are just loose. <laughs> like, have if you've heard him talk, it's like a very, like, mo- I was like, there must be too much mouth work going on. <laughs> because the ideas are all there. No, I mean, I don't fully support him, but I will. I am voting for him, and I do believe that it is the right choice, and voting anybody else would yeah. be a vote for Trump. You know yeah. what I mean? Voting Green Party, voting Liberal. Like, just vote for him and Kamala, and, and we'll convince them to do the right thing slowly, eventually. Yeah. And maybe, hopefully, in four years, Michelle Obama will run for president and get this country back where it needs to be. Oh my God. I have said her for president so many times in the past. I'm like, right, come on, Michelle. Yes, why not? Well, I guess this wasn't her year, but maybe next year. And she just did a really good speech for the uh, DRC. Yes, yes, she did. And she just dragged Trump in the most like well-spoken, incredible way. I was like, get her, Jade, get her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. It was really, There's really a good. whole mess going on at the moment, though, because uh, people have talked about this for a while, that whatever happens, Trump is going to try and cling on to power anyway. Yes. And he's yes. put this well, guy... Well, yeah, that's why he's, like, shutting down the mail system. Right. He's doing all the garbage. That's what like, I wanted to talk I... about, because he's been talking about that for a while, hasn't he? About how there's millions and millions of voter frauds through the mailing system every single election when there's like no evidence whatsoever for that the number is like (laughs) 0.015 or whatever which is 
it was like maybe one city and the people that were committing fraud were on his side. They were the Republicans. So, um, but he's, I don't know what he's up to, but something's going on. I, every morning I wake up to more and more pictures of like post mailboxes and trucks. Uh, and apparently in Burbank, which is just one town over, they've like locked all the mm. mailboxes at the main post office there. Yeah, I so that. it's just kind of seeming to be a mess. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm planning on mail-in voting, but like filling it out and then taking it to a, a booth because I don't know if you know, but our coronavirus over here, our COVID-19, we're not doing so well. We're all terrible <laughs> at it. It's like no one's wearing a mask yeah. at all. I don't know what to do. We're all going to die. I mean, we have a lot of those people here as well. You know, don't feel like you're special, yeah, darling. Loads. You're not. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I did. I keep on seeing like pictures of a bunch of like large groups in parks and stuff <laughs> yeah. and like out drinking over there. I'm seeing, I mean, my, I love my New York sisters, but like, I just saw a bunch of their stories from last night. They're all back in drag, all performing in a club, taking money from people, kissing people I mean, on the cheeks, doing their normal stuff. And I was like, we're not just because you're bored of the pandemic doesn't mean yet. it's over. Yeah. See, I've been, I'm, it's so annoying for me because I've been staying in. I have not done anything. Like a, I have a weekly thing called skate gang with a couple of my friends where we go roller skating in a park, but nice. like we all wear masks and we're outdoors. I've been to the beach twice, but like I've been in a situation where I have to like keep on getting tested. So I've been tested about five times okay. because I keep on doing things and then immediately the next day or two days later go get tested and like this friday i'm filming with someone so i have to get tested this afternoon and then quarantine for four days before i go oh god and then after that i get tested again quarantine for two weeks where i literally can't have contact with anybody me or my boyfriend and then get tested and film Oh, Jesus. Oh, but that's exciting. Filming. Yeah. Oh, very good. Oh, baby, mm. I'm ready to be in front of the camera again, honey. And I'm, by camera, I don't mean my cell phone attached to, like, duct taped to a stick. Oh, I'm tired of performing in my living room. Oh, I didn't realize you could see that. Sorry. Ah! <laughs> you also have your own podcast, don't you? Which is called yes, Sloppy we Seconds. Do. Yes, Lobby Seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball, nah. which we are current. We just moved over to the Mom Network, so I guess technically my bosses are Willem and Alaska. Oh, um, oh. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what is Willem gonna say next? Um, no, our podcast. Yeah, we we just interview fun people, and uh, we all have like a segment for sex stories, a very uncomfortable sex stories, so which are always amazing because it's like. Drag queens have the best sex stories. Yeah. Like Layla McQueen just told one where like the cops showed up to the hotel room because her friend was making butt dialing the police and like wouldn't give the answer. So <laughs> Layla steps out of the, the bathroom fully, like fully erect mug on, but like showered with another person just like ready to fuck. And there's like police in the room. How wild. Oh my God. My it's like a George Michael God. video. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, have you ever had sex in drag? <laughs> yeah. You have. I, I've, I've <laughs> never done I've Wait, never done drag, so no. I haven't. Well, one time I got one time when I was d- dressed up like a poopy diaper baby, a guy did suck my dick oh in my his car. God. But that was because I thought he was my Uber, and he turned out not to. Be. <laughs> 
<laughs> he tricked oh. me. Oh my god. I never tipped the driver. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done anything in drag? I only I only did it once. My tights got caught in my dress. My tits were... Um, the wig got stuck in my lips. I, I was like, no, this is not working for me. Get this <laughs> off. Get this off. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... It's, it's such an uncomfortable thing Horrible. to be in drag. Yeah. So I don't know why yeah. anyone would want to make it more uncomfortable by, like, trying to change a lot of positions and, like, move a bunch. And for me, there is just yeah. nothing sexy about it being in this at all. Like, if I've been in drag or it's been a long day of doing drag things, I don't feel like doing nothing. Like, I'm like, no, oh, yeah. I am not there. That is not what I want today. <laughs> no. And for me, <laughs> I figure if someone thinks that I'm sexy in drag, they are not someone that I want to sleep with because <laughs> that's weird. Also bury that. <laughs> <laughs> See, all I can imagine when I think about drag going wrong after sex is basically um, Mrs. Doubtfire, when it all starts slipping yeah! and the wind coming <laughs> off and everything's yeah! all weird, you know? It's all starting to crack and show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your wig falls out the window and gets run yeah, over yeah. by a car. It's just an imprint <laughs> yeah. of your face on the bed sheets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, looking like a Michael Myers mask. <laughs> yeah, it's just like my my makeup is so brown and dark. It's just gonna look like a giant shit stain across the bed. It's not. It barely stays on through a number. How is it gonna stay on through sex? <laughs> Absolutely. You talked a little bit about your makeup, uh, like you know, oh, yes. your products that you're bringing out already, which are in collaboration with. Hip Dot Cosmetics, the Diamond Diva yes. palette for the makeup. Uh, so where can people get this stuff? How do they find it? Where is it? Well, currently, we it can't, it, we had I had a shit show of like a fucking premiere of the makeup because we were going to do a bunch of um, promo and all this amazing stuff, but it happened right as COVID was setting in. So we were like... The packaging for the product was originally supposed to come from China. So we were immediately like, no, we're not doing that. So we had to get it all done in America. And then we were like, okay, now it's time for photos. And all the photographers were like, we're not doing photos. So it was just a mess. But go to hip.com. Currently, unfortunately, because of the current climate, it's only available in America unless you want to pay double for it. And you can get it anywhere oh. for shipping. Oh. So, but... Okay. Go for it. <laughs> I'm go. so sorry. Hipdot.com. Okay. So and it's uh, the second palette up. Hipdot's an amazing company because they they are supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, although they're, uh, I think, it's owned by actually two white men. But they're both amazing and great guys. Uh, they actually just started a thing called a micro-influencer collection. Uh -huh. So follower for, so people who only have like 20,000 followers and stuff like that but are amazing at makeup actually are going to start coming out with their own makeup palettes through hip dot because it's like everyone should get a chance it's also 100% vegan makeup maybe I talk free baby <laughs> you should baby you it's amazing should. so they actually just released another palette yesterday but uh back to mine it's amazing it's got fun <laughs> colors and names and the glitters are amazing mine would just be 50 shades of ash ah! <laughs> Oh my God. And red. Can I tell you, I <laughs> loved your season. Now, I don't know if you, did you know that we were having like viewings over here for Drag Race Oh, UK? I did know that some, some places okay. were having some, yeah. 
because in LA we had a big one in downtown at Redline. Like it was the one to go to. It was so fun. I love. It was just like watching real drag again. Because like I don't want to talk bad about Drag Race, but it's gotten the girls are so good. It's almost unattainable yes. and y'all were all so good in an unattainable way because you can all actually sing dance you you act you have like real talent but there was is, also like some of the costumes were just shit we were all just really normal <laughs> i relate and but there's also like none of that very little at least of playing to the camera of I want myself to be portrayed this way and I totally yes, you know so there wasn't that's what I love there was none of that agenda going on it was just people being in a room together and trying their best not to leave <laughs> <laughs> what was that like because did y'all a bunch of you already knew each other and everyone already knew who you were so what was it like walking into that set like that like with the other girls already yeah super pressured for for me I, I mean I felt really pressured because you know already I'd done lots of TV and I'd done lots of this and I you know I was known all over the place um and yeah but it must have been the same for you like you know people knew who you were in that competition no no one knew me no I had only been doing drag for a year so I like didn't really exist anywhere oh the other God. girls that I was like the new girl I was like the where are they now I can't I can't find them I've been looking I keep trying to send the makeup. <laughs> oh, perfect. Brilliant. So, Meet, well, what can we look forward to from you over the next few months? Uh, well, uh, my podcast, just we just got picked up and we're doing two episodes a week now on Sloppy Seconds. I'd say wow. just keep looking at my YouTube channel because uh, I slowly add more of the videos that I do as that comes up. Oh, also, 2021, Heels of Hell, baby. Yes. I'll be over there. Good girl. Me, Shea Coulee, Laganja Estranja, some other people. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Uh, oh, so, can't wait then. <laughs> where can people find you on social media? Because, you know. On social media, I'm at Spiciest Meatball on Instagram and Fat Drag Meatball on Twitter. Love that. Amazing. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been such a joy. Yeah, thank you. It's been an absolute scream. Thank you for joining us. All right. And well, bye now. Good luck with your test and everything, my darling. Well, we have come to the end of the episode. This has been Fierce Slay Talk. You can join us on our journey by following us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Fierce Slay Talk. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us going on. We could talk for hours. And if you enjoyed the show, let your friends know. Go on, spread the word. Be sure to review the podcast as well. Till next time. You want it. You got it. I won't hold back, come snatch it, come take it, all yours right off the rack. No wanting, no waiting, you shake me down, you touch it, you taste it, come take me here and now. Try it and buy it, the top of the stack, bag it and snag it, no need to attack. Instant and present, hit go and play back. Right now, right now, take it and tame it, walk me to the door. Have it and hold it, you only want more. Live it and love it, you've got it, it's yours. Right now, right now.